Welcome to Fireside Knicks. My name is Alex with my co-host here, Brett Hamfling. And today we want to take a look at Julius Randle and his vengeful return to the team after missing two games due to COVID protocols. And the Knicks look like a shell of their former self without Julius Randle. And I know, of course, last week, a lot of people, including us, you know, were talking about Randle's impact and how it was really a net negative. And we're talking about statistics and all these different factors. But I think that one thing they don't have a metric for is how you impact the players around you. You know, how many open looks you provide your, your, uh, you know, the, your, your teammates and essentially how much attention you command when you're on the floor. And Julius Randle, he's a star, man. But at the same time, he's not, he hasn't been playing at the all star level self that he did, uh, last year. And I think last night against Indiana, we saw a glimpse of what he looked like last year and we saw a glimpse of maybe what he can continue to look like as the Knicks try to make a playoff stretch during the second half of the season, Brett. Um, but when you're looking at this team, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about Julius Randle. I know we had a, we had an interesting conversation last week, but now it's time for a new one after this awesome performance from uh, from him last night. Yeah. Um, so I said last week, you know, everyone was down on him, but I said the highest potential this team will reach is with Julius Randle playing big minutes and with Julius Randle being effective. Now, a lot of people were saying to lower his minutes, maybe even bench him like they did Kemba. I saw some people on Twitter. That could work That's for crazy. a game. You know, maybe you get a couple good games, but the Knicks will never reach a high level. You know, he's their best player. He needs to be their best player. Um, so you got to give Randall his flowers. you got to give him his credit. If we're going to, you know, crap on him when he plays bad, you got to give him his credit when he bounces back. You know, he had two awful games in a row. Then the next day, he, you know, he has COVID, which is just like, you know, some people were saying not, you know, hopefully he would be fine with COVID, but some people were saying a break would be good. But for, in his mind, you know, he's got to be thinking crap. Like, I just want to get back out there and show, you know, you know, and show everyone wrong. So he had to wait. He missed two games and he came back and he had a monster game last night. Um, 30 points, 16 boards, 12 of 20 from the field. Um, in a game that the Knicks really needed to win. They lost two in a row. They only scored 80 points versus, uh, versus the Thunder. Um, you know, they're, they're out of the playing game right now, or they were going into last night. It's a game they really needed to win, and they needed their best player to step up, and he did. So you got to give him credit there. No question. I give him a ton of credit, and I, and I will say this, Brett. I, I want to hear your opinion on this. You know, Tom Thibodeau, before Randall, you know, picked up COVID and whatnot, Tom Thibodeau said he'd been dealing with some nicks and knacks. I want to even go as far as to say the few days off that he had was a huge benefit for him. He needed a couple days off to heal up, get his body right. It seems like COVID didn't have a tremendous impact on him, considering he played 39 points last night. Um, you know, that's, yeah. you know, regular, regular uh, minute totals for him. And it looks like his stamina wasn't affected at all. So maybe he was asymptomatic. Hopefully that was the case. Um, but he came back, he kicked ass, and I was like, damn. This maybe he just needed a couple of days off to rest his body because it seemed like he had been dealing with a couple of things and he needed it. So maybe instead of benching him, the Knicks should have just given him a rest day every now and then. And maybe they want to do that moving forward against teams like, let's say, Orlando or what, you know, even though Orlando's beat us up a couple <laughs> times this season, you know, bad teams like Detroit. I know we just played them twice. Like in those games, I'd actually prefer for Julius Randle to play like 10, 15 minutes maximum. Let him sit, let him rest. If you don't have to play him, don't play him at all. You know, take advantage of those weaker opponents and by giving your stars that time off. 
I think Randall, he takes on a lot for this team. His rebounding and his physicality inside, like you're going to get injured. If you've ever played basketball, you're going up against these guys. You're taking elbows. You're taking, you're getting your ankle stepped on. Like you're taking a beating. He's one of those guys, physical guys that takes a physical beating. Um, and I think that, you know, giving him a, a couple days off here and there, or, you know, the, you know, at least just sitting him against worse teams or at least, uh, you know, keeping his minutes to a minimum may benefit him over the long term of this season. And against the Pacers, man, two big men in DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner, he kicked ass 16 defensive rebounds. He kicked absolute ass. And the other thing I want to talk about further into this episode after, you know, you have your, your chance to speak here is RJ Barrett and why those two, that combination yeah, is exactly what is going to propel this team to a playoff appearance? You know, those two guys need to be at the top of their game. Yeah, to just go back to the minutes thing with Randall, you know, it's not Tom Thibodeau style. Um, you know, pl- his top players have always led the league in minutes going back to Chicago and then into Minnesota and into New York. That being said, good coaches adapt. And, um, you know, we've seen him adapt a little more this year than in years past. So, for him to come around to the Randall minutes thing, I don't think it's out of out of the question. Um, listen, if, if Julius just starts playing good and sort of looks like last year, you know, maybe a little bit worse, you might not need to do that. But if he goes back and, and is sort of up and down, up and down, has stretches where he's two of eleven, like that game before COVID, um, it's something they should consider. Um, you know, I, I don't see them sitting him a game. But just, you know, lowering that workload. I mean, if he really is nicked up, maybe sitting him a game. I think more than nicked up, he was just, you know, playing a lot of minutes and, you know, and was just sort of beat down by the season, even though it's it's early in the season. Um, I'm hoping that – I'm hoping he just keeps a consistent level like last year. Listen, he's not going to be what he was last year. Everyone knows that at this point. Um, but if he's just a little more consistent, if he was like he was last night – um, you know, being aggressive, but not pressing things too much. Um, that'll go so long for the, the long way for the Knicks. And, you know, we had the, di- the, the, the dynamic duo that we should, you know, that needs to lead the Knicks last night. It was RJ and Randall. Those are supposed to be the two guys going into the season that, you know, every team has, as, as guys that are going to punch, you know, their weight for the team and hold their weight. And for the Knicks, it's gotta be RJ and Randall. Now they're not going to be what, you know, maybe Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are, they're not going to shoulder that much of the load, but these are your two best scorers. And it was the first time in their career playing together that they both scored 30 plus points. Um, you know, it's not easy to both score 30, but that just shows that like they haven't exactly been on the same page at the same time. And for this team to reach their potential, those two guys have to score the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, those those two as a as a Batman and Robin duo, that's what I've been calling them lately because RJ Barrett's kind of the Robin to Julius Randle's Batman when they're playing cohesive basketball with each other, you know, they're playing off each other's strengths. You see them reach that potential. You see them produce offensively and defensively as well. For that matter, RJ Barrett last night had 17 points in the first quarter. He came out firing. We saw RJ Barrett with the potential and the expectations that we laid out for him this, this past off season. He said, you know, RJ had a tremendous sophomore campaign. His third year is going to be even better. Now, Ultimately, it hasn't really turned out that way. He's had four or five games with 30 plus points this year, which is definitely impressive. But if he can do that consistently, him and, and Julius Randle, like that's what separates good from great, right? You could have double digit point production and still lose games. But if you have your two, you know, your young guy hitting his third year, and you have Julius Randle, you know, they're putting up 25, 30 points per game on average. I mean, 30 points is definitely aggressive. Let's say 20 to 20, between 20 and 30 points per game. 
you're looking at a team that is able to rely on two of their best players and let everybody else compliment them. Because I think that's the difference between the Knicks being bad and the Knicks being great is when they when all the attention is being allocated toward Julius Randle, toward RJ Barrett, they're kicking ass. The rest of the team reacts accordingly. They 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 feel that energy. Julius Randle, man. I haven't seen that much energy with him this entire <laughs> year. He was crashing the boards. Yeah. He was doing everything he needed to do to get that team to win. And it was a really interesting reali- realization. It was like, we- we're a good team when Julius Randle puts out that much energy. I don't know why he hasn't been doing that. Maybe it was just a lack of um, <laughs> just lack of stamina. He was running out of gas. He had nicks and knacks. Maybe he, if they can keep him healthy, and like those rest days are super important for him. If they can keep him healthy, I think that he could, you know, lead this team in the future. And RJ Barrett clearly felt that presence from Randall, and he was like, "I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that we win this game with him." When those two guys are in sync, it's hard to stop them. Yeah, and, and you know, part of the in sync. So RJ had it going early because he was aggressive. He was getting to the hoop. He was getting downhill, and Randall sort of recognized that. There was a point in the first quarter that. You know, instead of trying to do, you know, start the offense, he sort of just like motioned to RJ to like step out and like he gave him the ball and said, go. And RJ attacked and he got a layup. And, you know, they didn't step on each other's toes. They complimented each other. But at the same time, it was actually a really nice flow of RJ was big for us in the first quarter and the first half. And he scored a little in the second half, but he wasn't, it wasn't as easy. And then Randall sort of took over in the second half, scored far majority of his points in the second half, had some big shots in the fourth quarter. Um, so it was this nice flow of RJ starting the game, complimenting each other and Randall finishing the game. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's necessary, but you know, I'd like to see a little bit more from some of the Knicks reserves. Um, you know, obviously McBride's kind of been factored out to a degree. His offensive game just isn't there yet. He's a good defender, but his offensive game isn't there yet. Are they really relying on Alec Burks as that primary, uh, point guard? He's not really the best facilitator for assists, but people forget that, Julius Randle leads our leads the team in assists per game. He has five assists per game. He leads the team. Without him, the Knicks severely lacked that um that facilitation presence from the inside and the and the attention he commanded. I mean, both games they lost by fifteen points. Um, and their shooting was abysmal. And you know, surprisingly, they only shot twenty one point four percent from three point range against Indiana. But they just completely those two guys, Barrett and Randle, can can kind of mask a lot of deficiencies when they're playing that well. I mean, Evan Fournier finished with zero points. He missed all three of his three-point shots, missed all four field goals. I mean, maybe his ankle is still bothering him, but definitely not a good sign. Um, An awful sign. Just to jump in on Fournier, I I didn't want to really talk about him because I have nothing good to say. Um, You know, (laughs) He's shown slight flashes this year of closing out games, but it's been far more, you know, lack of energy, lack of defense. You know, he's shooting poorer than he shot most of his career. Um, he's not really giving them that that third, fourth, you know, fifth score that they need. Look, if it was up to me, Quentin Grimes would be starting in his place. Yeah. If it was up to me. Because ultimately, you know, Quentin Grimes is a hundred times better defender and he may not be as good as a scorer, but I think that he needs that experience. The reps and experience is going to be a really, really important uh, part of Grimes' growth and development. He needs the time on the floor with the starters. He needs to gain chemistry with them. Um, I love his 3 and D mentality. He's really aggressive. He has energy. And if you pair that energy with all the rest of the players, you know, it's really it's really hard to, to stop the Knicks. Um, but you know what? It's just Evan Forney, man, so wildly inconsistent. You don't know if he's going to have 30 points. Or you don't know if he's going to have zero points. It's just that type of player at this point in his career, or this point in the season at least. The Knicks haven't really figured him out yet. Um, every time he takes a shot, he's off balance. He's trying to 
to everyone knows what he's trying to do. Every time that there's a defender on him, they're basically like, just just basically stay in his face. He's too slow to get around you. Just stay in his face. And if he heaves up a ball, it's probably not going to go in, um, as, as, as you saw against Indiana. Um, but ultimately, the Knicks have two back-to-back games against uh, the Celtics coming up on Thursday and Saturday. So that should be interesting. You know, obviously, Jason Tatum, um, you know, Jalen Brown, he has some really good, Marcus Smart, he has some really good players for the Celtics. They are a sub 500 team, almost the same exact record as the Knicks. The Knicks need to win these games. They need to beat Boston. They got to get back in the winning graces. They've won what four of their last uh, six games. So they're doing a little bit better, but they have a really long streak of sub 500 teams they're playing against. They got to win these games. It's, it's now or never to really uh, catapult themselves back into this playoff conversation right now. They're teetering on the edge. But if Barrett and Randall, if those guys can 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 bounce back and play at a high level, um, it's going to be tough to stop them, especially if they go out and get another play on the deadline. But do you think that they may try to do that still, try to get another guy from the deadline to pair with these guys? I think the next two, three weeks, maybe a month, the, de- the uh, deadline's in February, right? I think it's mid-February. I think the next three weeks or so is going to tell this front office, Leon Rose, is this a team that is worth trying to add someone right now? Or possibly, I think we should get into this more in another podcast, but possibly be a seller. Someone like Alec Burks, who is just sort of an instant offense for a good team. Um, you know, maybe a late first round pick, end of the, the round. Um, it's, you know, I really think these next few weeks, because right now they're the 10 seed or they're the 11 seed. If they start losing games, they're going to, you know, fall out of, um, you know, contention to get that, you know, those top six seeds and miss the play-in game. Um, you know, this is sort of a, a, a kind of, it could be a lull in the season sometimes, like January, February, before the All-Star break. It's not the beginning of the season. It's not the end of the season where teams are pushing. It could be sort of a lull, but they need to step it up. This is, you know, the next few weeks, a month, are going to decide if this is a play-in team, a playoff team, or potentially a seller. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I've heard people say maybe we should be sellers, but I still have faith in this team, uh, Brett. I, I still think that we can win. I do too. But just, you know, just look at it. Right now they're 18 and 20. They're under 500. If the next 10 games, 12 games go under 500, then you're, you know, you're a little behind the eight ball there. I still believe in them. Um, I still believe, you know, they have talent. I believe Randall's going to step it up. I believe RJ's going to step it up. It's going to make everything easier for the role players. And I think we're going to surge, but... Just, you know, something to look for. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, my last thing that I'll say is I I think that um, Julius Randle needs another star who can take some of the slack off because he's depended on so much. When he's not having a good game, he needs somebody to be able to say, all right, you know, what? I got you. Like, no problem. Like, I'll take over. I'll, I'll give you the opportunities. Like, they need another guy who's going to command that type of attention. RJ Barrett's going to feast off of that, too, by the way. Everybody, it's like a trickle-down effect. When you have two stars, one of them's not having a good game, but one of them is, or, you know, vice versa, whatever it might be, everybody else benefits because there's yeah. so much attention going around. It's really hard to stop. Like, think about James Harden, Kevin Durant. When those guys are on the floor together, everybody else benefits. Like, when you have – because then you have Kyrie Irving, off, uh, you know, coming back now. It's like a whole different element um, that you bring to the team. So if the Knicks are like, we're going to be sellers, they have to be selling – um, their players to get a star. You know what I mean? They need to be selling an Alec Burks or whatever it might be. I don't know what a prospective deal would look like. Um, obviously, it would be pretty hefty. But, you know, if they can figure out a way to get a guy who can compliment Julius Randle at that same level, even if he's just as good as Julius Randle, not a superstar, but another star, the, the pressure that takes off of him 
cannot it does not go unnoticed you know it really is an impact and we just saw that um against you know uh, okc and toronto when randall was out if you have another guy to add to that element you can you can win those games when randall is out you have to have a uh you know a backup plan right now there is no backup plan if randall goes out you know the backup plan was give it to rj barrett see if he can be your leader and he just wasn't capable of doing it um and unfortunately that's that's the reality he's just not good enough shooter he's not a good enough creator at this point in time um, he's either drive with his left hand or, you know, he, he's a spot up shooter otherwise. So it's definitely tough guys, but I want to hear your opinions on Julius Randle. You know, what are you thinking after that performance? Do you think that he can still be that former self, um, from last year, that all-star performance, but I'm excited to see where the Knicks can go with this team, uh, moving forward. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to like and subscribe below as always on YouTube, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Take care.